Very healthy. Yes. Your reputation was not unwarranted. How many fobs did you give out? This asset was of extreme importance to me. I had to ensure its delivery. You have something I want. of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am here with... Kara is here again. Hello. How, How are you? She's back. I am doing, I'm doing so great. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, pretty good. It was a, I fe- it felt like such a long week between last episode and this week. Like, just felt like 20 days. So, <laughs> yeah. It did. It's, it's, for some reason, the first couple of weeks went super fast, but between, and I don't know, it was because uh, chapter 11 was just, we got so much new stuff. We got Bo-Katan back. We got right new and everything. But yeah, I, I felt, I felt the same way, but at the same time, I didn't even realize yesterday was Thursday and that we were, <laughs> we were gearing up for a new one. And so I think you said something to me. I was like, oh my God, that is tomorrow. So it just, it, I say it every time, but yeah. Uh, time is such a weird thing in the year 2020 but for real yes we are here to discuss chapter 12 the siege but first as we started all of our mandalorian themed episodes i do want to shout out the trans rights or human rights this is the way fundraiser that has been going on for a couple months it was started by Candace Ka of the Geeky Waffle, Maggie Lovett of the Star Wars Friends podcast, and Eric Eilerson of Utini and the Living Force podcast. So big props to them for starting this. It has grown so much over the last couple months. And at the beginning of today, it was sitting around 13,000 um, of the 15,000 goal. And within the last hour or so it has already climbed over that it really spread today ek johnson make it made a big donation the last donation that put them over the top was from project stardust which is a female-led website and community that celebrates feminine voices in the star wars universe and fandom and their their handle on twitter is at proj underscore stardust that's p-r-o-j but yeah they made a thousand dollar donation and put it over the top and yeah the the fundraiser is going through december 20th and the goal is fifteen thousand dollars they're over that i'm guessing they're gonna up the goal because uh originally the goal was a lot 
uh, smaller, but it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So please check that out. We'll put it in the, the show notes, especially today, this week with everything that's going on, chapter 12, and we'll put everything in the show notes and make a donation if you can, even though it says they're already over its goal, we cannot raise enough money for the transgender law center. It's just such a, such a great cause. Yeah. And I've been saying, um, you know, it's totally understandable with everything in the world if you can't donate, but maybe consider sharing it. That's always good too. just get more eyes on it, you know? And I know some people were doing um, $12 for chapter 12. So that's kind of cool. I'm so proud of them though, that it, it, meet, it met its goals. Amazing. Incredible. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great that it, it went over the goal today too. And people really rallied around it today. So, um, but yeah, $12 donation or a retweet or a share on Instagram or anything like that uh, can really go a long ways. So please consider that if you have not done so, and even if you have done so, maybe consider sharing again. All right. We have a lot to talk about. Chapter 12, The Siege, written by John Favreau, directed by Carl Weathers, Grief Karga himself. Yes. And we left off last week. First off, spoiler warning, spoiler warning for, <laughs> I say it every week a, a little bit late, but I get earlier and earlier each week. So yeah. <laughs> spoiler warning, this is a spoiler podcast. We're going to be talking about everything. So we left off last week with the name drop from Bo-Katan saying you need to go find Ahsoka Tano and it just, just super casual, you know, Mandalorian didn't have a reaction, but he, why would he? He doesn't know who that is. He doesn't even right. know who the Jedi are. Right. Oh and so, but we all kind of thought, and I think we talked about it last week that there was going to be maybe a, an episode between like, he wasn't just going to find her right away. You know, his ship was in bad shape. So, he decides to stop on Navarro, see some old friends, get a ship fixed up. But while he's there, he gets recruited to help with a job. So for today's discussion, we're going to kind of try to start at the beginning and work our <laughs> way through it. The last couple, we've kind of just jumped around because last episode is like, okay, we got to talk about Bo-Katan. Like, right. wow, we can't, we can't wait. The episode before that was Frog Lady and we, mm-hmm. we couldn't not like talk about frog lady the whole time which that's if there's you know there's a couple negatives of, of this episode but if there's there's uh <laughs> one that i thought about a couple times throughout was like there's no frog lady like she's out of our lives for now so but so let's let's go ahead, let's get right into it first off what were your overall thoughts on this episode I think my first initial thought was just like, wow, that was a lot of information. And it was like, it wasn't even a lot of spoken information. It was like a little bit of spoken information, but then just so many things go. And I think it was mostly concentrated in that last ending. And it was just like, I need to... Because I knew that there was stuff happening that was probably going over my head. But then I was also like, what did I miss? I feel like I missed a lot. Like, that was happening that I didn't even notice, which is true. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. So, like, that was my main thought was just, like, wow, that was a lot of information. And then also, um, just like the, and we'll, we'll talk about this more, too. But just, like, Navarro was very interesting this episode. I was very in- intrigued by the planet in general. and yeah, just a lot happened and a lot of information was shared. <laughs> Do you agree? For sure. And it's funny you bring that up about Navarro. Cause last week we talked about what 
what else from the trailer you know or what footage that we've already seen right. and we talked about okay well he, he's definitely going to navarro and it's probably going to be you know this episode but then i was also like but there's also the storm tra- stormtrooper chase that looks right like on like an ice planet and yeah we get that thrown in there that like there's this whole other section of navarro that isn't just barren type desert yeah. type you know wasteland it's a different color of wasteland for sure yeah. but yeah it was interesting we got that it it was it was a lot to take in just waking up at 6 30 in the morning <laughs> and trying to observe everything and trying to take in especially you know dr pershing's whole speech and we'll get into that but that was that was a lot where i was just like whoa, 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 whoa. what like slow down like pump the brakes i need you mm-hmm. to breath because he just talked and talked and talked but yeah it was it was definitely a lot of information it was i i don't talk about it enough on this web or on this podcast but pedro pascal is just so good he's just seriously and just he actually is up for a critics choice award that they just tweeted out a little bit ago for season one acting and like how impressive is that you know with a helmet and like everything but he just he's just so good and he's just the best person ever you know to to follow (laughs) and see like what he puts out there it just i don't know i i just i wanted to like say that right away because he's just he's just so good with not only you know his voice acting but also just you know his helmet acting and just how he plays off the child really well and everything like that so yeah it was it was a great episode i thought for for pedro pascal like like they all have been i totally agree and I, and i feel like even though i'm sure that he's in the suit even less than we realize and a lot of it is latif crowder and brendan wayne like i feel like the way that he's able to connect with their performances is incredibly impressive like i think the same thing about misty rosas and and Quill from last season and how she was able to match up with the voice in the way that she did. And like, he's kind of doing the opposite and matching the voice up with the performance, but the whole thing, I mean, yeah, it's, it'll never cease to impress me and amaze me that you can get so much emotion and intention from someone and never see their face. It's, it's really, I feel like a a team of the three of them working together and it's, yeah, it's really incredible. It's incredible to think that a lot of that was recorded in a studio, you know, but it still comes across in such an amazing way. It's, it's so cool. It is. It's seamless too. It's just, you, wouldn't, sure. you wouldn't know unless, you know, you looked into it that, yeah, it's a lot of that is being done by his stunt people and yeah, yeah just all the, all the behind the scenes stuff from this entire show just is endlessly fascinating to me. It really just, is. There's just so much good stuff, but yeah, this was this is a great Baby Yoda episode too. Like, I felt like the first three we had some really good Baby Yoda mona- moments, but I felt like this one was for sure Baby Yoda's top episode of the season, maybe of any of them. Like, there was there was some really good top notch Baby Yoda moments. I agree. And then just seeing Grief Karga again, I. I, Carl Weathers is just the coolest guy and just the way he's he talks awesome. and just he's he's so cool I'm, I'm just I was very happy to see Grief Karga and then Moff Gideon in the flesh and and we'll get 
into that story later, but just seeing him last week, we got him as a hologram and, or a gram as a grief <laughs> cargo would call it. Right. <laughs> but we, we got him as a gram last week. I'm using that from now on. Please. Uh, and then, and then this week we, we get him in the flesh. It was just, it was, you know, you could really feel the wheels really starting to turn now of we're Big getting time. a lot of information what's all this leading to uh you can start to feel things we're hitting that we're hitting that halfway mark and and it's just it's gonna get crazy the next couple episodes and like we talked about with the trailer too we don't know the next four episodes we haven't seen anything from the next four episodes so it could we could we could go anywhere it's just the possibilities i think it's literally at this point we have not seen anything else that's crazy. <laughs> That's, I mean, I knew we would get there at some point, but I didn't know that we would have four episodes left of content, which is potentially, you know, close to four hours, you know, probably like three and some change that we just haven't seen anything. That's wild. It is. It's basically like getting a brand new Star Wars movie. You know, we're not getting one in December. It's a year without a Star Wars movie, but I think these last four episodes are, are really going to be you know it's kind of like the siege of mandalore in the clone wars mm-hmm. those, those last four episodes really felt like a movie and i feel like that's what everything's leading to in this season totally so yeah we'll see it's gonna get intense but let's go ahead let's start at the beginning of this episode because okay. the opening scene in this episode makes me so happy it just <laughs> right from the beginning like baby Yoda is in a hatch that's just like perfectly sized for him. And the Mandalorian is trying to walk him through like unplugging these like really dangerous wires. And like, it was incredible. And like, I think my favorite thing about it was that it was funny, but it wasn't like forced funny. Do you know what I mean? Like when, when you can tell that something's trying to be funny and it's like, yeah, okay. And I feel like maybe that's happened in this show before, but like, this was just, it was just so good. <laughs> it was, they, it's, and it's, it, it drags on for so long too, where he's like, no, no, yes. not that one. No, you see the blue one. No, now you got to unplug that. <laughs> Don't put that back in the same hole. And they just like, it's such a, it's such a, uh, like father, son type thing too where it's like no no like uh-uh. i've had that conversation with my daughter of like no that no you got to do no put it back on the top no the <laughs> other shelf you know the the, the <laughs> other no you have to go up there you know it's like i've i've had that conversation it's just it's so fun and it really reminded me of two two instances actually and one was uh when ray is Ray and Finn, like right after they meet in the Mm -hmm. Fourth Awakens, where she's like, "No, hand me that one. Hand me that one. No, the other one. The other one. The other (laughs) one." It just like kind of goes on for so long. Uh, So good. And then just seeing the child back there in that house, it also reminded me, and I I can connect anything to the Last Jedi, like you know. But when of course when BBA is fixing Poe's ship, and he just like keeps plugging the holes, and he's like back in this little hole, and it's it just. I don't know. That whole sequence, it was it was so good. Where the blue one was and put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from... No, hold them apart. 
was really good. And I think I just watched um, it a second time before we started. And something that struck me the second time was like, Mando has a very, he has a, his level of patience is very interesting to me because I feel like most other characters, like Han Solo would have been annoyed (laughs) and would have like snapped, you know? And I feel like it's really interesting the way that uh, Mando doesn't get angry at all. He's just like, well, it was worth a shot, you know, but he doesn't get mad. And that was like really cool. I thought that was so cool. Just the fact that he, you know, doesn't really show much anger at all. And I don't know if that's like part of this is the way that you just like never get like super pissed, but he's, I think he's a lot more Zen than I realized. Like he's very calm. He's very focused, you know? And that, so that was really cool to me to think of it that way. It makes you think, what would he, how would he have reacted in season one, episode one in that same situation? You know, would he, does he just have, always have that or has he really grown into that? But I love at the very end, you know, baby Yoda puts some puts the two together and it shocks him and the smoke mm-hmm. comes out and then you can just hear him like deep sigh and he's just, <sighs> and then like you said, worth a shot. It's just so good. Yeah. And then it immediately cuts to them sitting right next to each other. Baby Yoda's on this crate and Mandalorian sitting there and they're having tea together. And it's just the, the transition from, from that shot to the next shot was, was just comedic gold. It was so good. Yeah. And honestly, it, it kind of makes them feel more like partners. So like, I know they have that father son dynamic, but it feels like, and Mando is obviously like so protective over him, but it doesn't make it seem like Mando's in charge, like period, you know, it's like, they're kind of partners, they're just going through it together, you know, and that was really cool. And I also saw I don't know, if, I don't know if this was in the chill group on Facebook or if it was in a different group, but our friend, you know, Michelle from the yeah. unknown regions podcast, she mentioned something about the red and blue wires and the light and the dark. And I was like, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> and I don't know if that's anything, but it's fun to think about. We talked about that with, with the child, as far as, you know, like his dark tendencies w- without him knowing mm-hmm. yeah, it is it's playing playing around with both sides and then putting them together. I did see that. That was a really, a really good call. Um, but yeah, that whole, whole opening sequence. And then the Mandalorian tips his helmet up to drink. I just we see his chin. I like, I want to talk about it so much. <laughs> it's, it's we've been talking. I've been talking about that on this podcast for so long that like the helmet's coming off. He's it's, it's coming off. We're going to see Pedro Pascal's face more yeah. i don't know if it's like this season or if it's the last episode he finally takes it off but it's coming off and like in the future he's not mm-hmm. he's not gonna have it on all the time but we get that first like we get that in season or in chapter four in the first season where he takes it off and sets it down you know when he's yeah. when he's uh, eating or drinking on sorghum but this is right. in front of the child and it looks like the child is like what are, what are you doing? You know, like he, he, it looks like he's trying to see his face. Yeah. Like he kind of leans forward to like, look up at him. Yes. But like, what was so, again, it's like lifting the helmet is like, it's very, it shows, I think not so much. Like I know a lot of people are saying like, maybe Mando's like loosening his feelings about the helmet because of meeting Bo-Katan. But I think it, I, I don't really think that at all. I think it's all about his relationship with baby Yoda. 
that he feels so comfortable with the child and that he trusts the child so much. And like, even though it it is a baby and like, you can't really trust a baby, you know what I mean? But like, I felt like that was more explanatory of their relationship personally. I love that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And he, he mm-hmm. definitely, just the way he acts when it's just those two is so different than when he's in front of other people. It's, uh, it really is. You see those moments is it's just heartwarming. Like who would have thought, you know, before this show came out that we would be talking about the main character, like being just a softy and just like a caring, yes. loving dad, you know, or it's just the best, you know, and also uh, not to like go off on too much of a tangent. Cause we're literally in like the first three minutes of the episode, but kind of our style i guess but um it really the so like he he lifts it up and takes that first sip and baby is kind of looking like trying to see and then he says whatever he says and then they both take a drink like at the same time and it's that zoomed out shot of the two of them and i love that so much it's very spielberg if i may say it reminds me so much of my favorite one of my favorite scenes in film history in jaws when cat when chief brody is at dinner with his son and his son starts mimicking all of his movements when they're at the kitchen table it's just like one of my favorite moments in movies and it reminded me so much of that and i just loved it that's so good i did not even think about that but that shot it is it's perfect they it's so synchronized you know it's we talked about it last week when Bo-Katan and the two Mandalorians came in and like their fighting style was was so together and so like pretty much the synchronized fight of they knew how mm-hmm. you know how to work off each other like that's where they are in their relationship that they've been together so long where they are doing you know the child is learning that from from the Mandalorian but yeah they they take the drink at the same time and it's just like that that opening scene I don't know if there's a better opening scene in in any of the Mandalorian episodes and it was shot so well there were so many Mm -hmm. unique shots especially with with the child in the hatch and and everything it was it was just it was just so good i agree so after that we go to the old mandalorian hideout on navarro so it was that was the armorer's old joint right yes so so the first shot we see when we go to that area was where the mythosaur skull used to be so it shows yeah. it and you can see like where it used to be hanging so that so that's how we know where it is uh but yeah it looks it looks totally different but we have a bunch of aqualish down there tearing it apart and that's the i had to look up i i i knew it once i saw it but that's the ponda baba ponda baba yeah species. i knew that too yeah yeah so very uh very specific looking aliens for sure i won't (laughs) describe them any more than that but yeah so we see them just rummaging through this so it's like where where's the armor like obviously she's not on navarro you know last we saw her she took out a bunch of stormtroopers but they were also getting raided and Mm -hmm. so that that was my biggest takeaway from that scene was like where's the armor you know where's Mm -hmm. all the all the armor and beskar and everything she just pack up and leave or what but yeah it was yeah uh, it's cool to see those aliens for sure. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it was. It, it was. I loved. I loved the detail of that mythosaur plaque not being hung up in the doorway. It's like 
did she take that with her or did someone else take that? Because I, I like to think that like if she got back in her bag, she's like, ah, I got to get this off the wall. <laughs> she puts it in a U-Haul box and like tapes it exactly. up. And... Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So after we get the, the little hideout scene, then the Mandalorian lands on Navarro and meets up with old pals and just like I said earlier, Grief Cargo, man, just the coolest dude ever. Killing it. I remember in the trailer reaction, Blast Point said it was like he was in like clone uh, Attack of the Clones color, <laughs> you know, like the yes. colors so bright. And yeah, he just like looks just great. Just love, 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 love. And props to Carl Weathers for for really doing a pretty good job. I don't know how I didn't I was gonna look up his filmography. I don't know how much directing he's done in the past, but like yeah, he really did an awesome job and yeah, grief is just looking better than ever. And we get the handshake too between them where they do like the handshake where they grab each other. Yeah, I love that. They've done that before, but it reminded me of the the meme of Carl Weathers, it's the handshake meme, <laughs> right? That you see going around. So it reminded me of that. I was like, oh, I wish they would have like zoomed in just on that. But either way, it, it was... reminded me. I think he did kind of the same thing with Frogman too. Yes, yeah. Reminded that's, me of that. <laughs> that's you know, once once it's safe to start shaking hands again, then that's mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to start doing it. Whether the people that I'm shaking hands with know that or not, I'm just going to start going for the forearm. Okay, there. <laughs> so. Then they walk through Navarro. It looks like a completely different town, right? It just... But even before that, there's the Ochi-looking guy, and he's a creep. And you can tell right away that he's looking at them sideways. Is he Ochi? It's not Ochi. I'm not... So, it looks... That's... The four-letter word, Ochi. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing I brought up specifically on this podcast a lot of times. Is like... And we talked about that, I think, in... I can't remember if that was our Baby Yoda episode or what it was, but mm. about Ochi and like, huh, maybe like jokingly, like maybe we'll see Ochi. Maybe they'll put him into the Mandalorian so they can explain his timeline. I don't believe so the confusing. color scheme was different. I no, don't. It, yeah. It's a uh, friend, Adam, from the Blast Points group pointed out that it is a Mimban alien. So from the planet Mimban from Solo, one of those aliens. But okay. they look they look very similar. He didn't have like the button eyes, you know, those species don't have the button eyes like Ochi does, but yeah, it was pretty creepy shot. And yeah, you could tell for sure something was right. Like, I, we we get that really good music, you know, and, and that's another thing I don't talk about enough is music. But yeah, you get that like ominous music when it zooms in on, on him, so you you know that something something's weird. And we get that a lot in Star Wars, you know. For I, sure. That really reminded me of A New Hope when it's Rindon or, you know, whoever sells out the Millennium Falcon mm. at, on Tatooine. It's kind of that same, like, you know, shot of you kind of know that that person's being creepy. So they're walking through Navarro and it looks great. It's thriving. They've obviously, you know, you think that the Empire's gone and Grief Karga has, has taken care of everything. And I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but there is a statue of IG-11 in the background and it's like he's got one it's like george washington crossing the delaware of of ig11 so good it's epic yes it's so good i you know they're gonna that regal robot's gonna make one for your desk like 
and it looks so cool. And I totally didn't notice it the first time, but the second time you really can't miss it. Um, but I like that it's not like super front of front of center. It's like you have to be kind of looking for it. But yeah, that was really cool. And I also just loved when Grief said that he was steeped in clerical work. I was like, yeah. same. Like, I don't know why I just yeah. liked that. <laughs> Been steeped in clerical work. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, he's so he's back to being a magistrate too, which just great, just awesome. <laughs> Grief Karga is just he, ah, he's so cool. So so then they go, and it took me a second, but I did notice they go into the client's old stomping grounds. So where they had that final shootout in chapter eight last season, that's where they walk in. And that is where they were. Oh, wow. So the Mandalorian's like, Oh, I'm surprised this place is still standing. And then you walk in and it's the same setup. So you can see on the left, like even the bar is like somewhat still there, but you're right. Yeah. It has globes on it. Cause it's a, it's a school with a protocol of droid teacher. Right. And I want to know what the protocol droid's name is. So I'm, I'm ready to figure that out. If nobody has yet, I want to know that. Yeah, but that was, that is, I did not realize that that's that same uh, room, but that makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. And then I, I had to, there was a couple times on my second watch that I really paused it and just like, you know, the, the meme of the dad standing in front of the TV watching stuff. Like, that's how I watch stuff sometimes where I just stand there for like. This doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was there was definitely multiple times throughout this episode where I was just standing there like in front of the TV, just just trying to figure things out. But yeah, it yeah. was such a cool setup. We we don't really get a lot of school type stuff especially live action the one i can think of is attack of the clones where the, right. all the clones are you know all the little boba fett's are yeah learning whatever they're learning uh, learning to be soldiers yeah or like when when yoda embarrasses obi-wan in front of the kids with the map you know oh that's such a good scene <laughs> yeah that's that's very so true the jedi the younglings but yeah we get i found it really interesting we got a mention of schools in chapter nine on Tatooine with, with Cobb Vanth, he said something about, you know, they're going to come after the schools or something like that. <laughs> that was so, it was so out I of, I don't know why it made me laugh. Yeah. But. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was oddly funny. Um, but yeah. And then we get, we get like this full school of all these kids and yeah. grief card is like, yep, we're going to drop baby Yoda here and plops him in a full size desk. And he just, just sitting there and the kids lose their mind. Oh my God. It's like, that was, well, my first thought was, okay, we're just going to dump him somewhere random now and just take, you know, and like, really, we're doing this again. But, you know, I, I figured if there's kids around, maybe it'll be okay, you know, and that was the main thing. It was just like, are we really just going to leave him there? And it gave me very um, X-Men vibes. Like it reminded me when Rogue is in the classroom in X-Men. I don't know why. I mean, obviously they were much younger kids, but that's just what it reminded me of. <laughs> it was it was such a great, great scene. And then Baby Yoda just steals the show again. Like he sits down and they all have their little data pads and the mm -hmm. protocol droid teacher is teaching trade routes and talking about like we got a Coruscant. We got two Coruscant shout outs in this episode yeah i had the captions on for that and even when you couldn't really hear yeah. what they were saying because it was like the baby yoda cookie moment they you could still they still had captions for it and there was some pretty serious solo shout outs in there 
the yes. what was it the Arcades Maelstrom? Yeah. And the Hydean Way is a thing from Legends too, which is super cool. But yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool, and I I always watch with the captions too, and so I was trying to catch literally everything that droid because that's a class <laughs> that's a class that i want to take is to learn about the outer rim and the mid rim and the inner core and yes all of that stuff i i could really use that class because i have a general <laughs> understanding of where things kind of are but i could i could really like use just a couple hours sitting in there with those kids but yeah the child again steals the show, uses the force to grab something for the first time this season, and it's a cookie, a blue cookie. And blue macaroons were all the rage on Twitter today. I don't know what Instagram was looking like, but people were ordering them left and right. Oh my god! I was like blue macaroon stocks had to had to have shot up after today because that was that was such a good moment. The child's just always always hungry. He reaches out his hand to the other kid. And the kid just looks at him. And then you can tell, like, that kid might be the school, like, bully. Because he's just like, no. And, like, kind of yells at him. <laughs> but then Baby Yoda's like, screw you. Like, I don't care. Uses the force. Grabs it. Eats the cookie. And then just stares at the kid like, what? Like, what are you going to do? It is do? interesting, though, because I feel like last season, every time Baby Yoda used the force, it was very, like, pointed, you know? And, like, pay attention to this. So like this is such a small thing for him to it's it's technically the second time because he also kind of when he ha- touched the yeah. tank and the eggs like kind of moved towards him in the other one with the frog lady but uh yeah so I'm like hmm I feel like we should pay attention to that but I don't know if I'm just if it's just a, a cute thing and or if it's something we should remember or whatever but yeah it was interesting to see the force but you don't really see the cookies move. Yeah which was also interesting. Yeah. He's using it for pleasure. It, it just talking <laughs> about it right now, it, you know, that is the first time he's used it without like life or death situation pretty mm. much. In the first season, it was the mud horn, mud horn, the, you know, the, holding the fire back, choking Cara Dune because she thought he thought they were fighting. Force but, healing. Yeah. But this one was more of like attack of the clones Anakin cutting up the pair and saying, Master Obi-Wan, Obi- he'd, he'd, he'd be, be very, very grumpy. <laughs> so they can very grumpy. It's just, yeah, that's, uh, so this isn't the first time we've seen the force used for food because at least Attack that's of the Clones can cut a pair in half. So we've been getting a lot of good food content in this season. We really have. Season. <laughs> if Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. They go next to Grief Karga's, like, office, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And the Mithril is back. Horatio Sands' character, which we knew he was coming back because we saw him in the trailer. But yeah, he's, like, working the front desk at for, for Grief Karga, working, on, working off his debts, which was just really funny to me. It was very funny. And I like how, like, when he first sees Mando, that, like, puff of whatever, like, comes out. <laughs> like, he's just really nervous. That was really funny. <laughs> it's good. It's like that's the equivalent of a Mithril's heart dropping is yeah. smoke like coming out of their neck. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, just so nervous. Really? Uh, and then he says, he, "Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't want to end up in carbonite again because he can. He still can't see out of his left eye." Yeah, and Grief Karga says that he has been working for him since he was a polywog. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is that all about? And I, the whole time they're just. 
riding the Mithril. Like they are so mean to him. I just, I don't think we've ever seen someone be, someone be on that end of everybody being mean to them except for C-3PO when everyone's just right. always mean to C-3PO. I just like, they just, they tore him up the entire time. And Grief Cargo was the, was the number one culprit. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And the left eye thing was good too. And then we get, we get the map of Navarro. Like you said, mm. it kind of shows, okay, they have Navarro pretty much locked down, but there's one thing they have to do and they have to go, infiltrate this what they thought was an abandoned possibly a skeleton crew base that they Mm -hmm. thought was just a a normal base and that's where the stormtroopers came that moff gideon had in uh chapter eight last year right so they talk mando into doing this and it's not very hard because once he hears like once we complete this mission navarro will be free he's just he's in right Mm -hmm. away much convincing at all yeah, and it, it was interesting on the second watch, knowing what happens to hear Cara Dune say, for some reason, it hasn't been abandoned. Yeah. So it's like, so there was, obviously, it's like, they must have ditched the planet for the most part. But for some reason, they were there's still presence at that outpost or whatever. So, hmm. Yeah, it was it was very ominous. I I just, I love how... Mando doesn't hesitate when it comes to things like this. Like we've seen it a lot this season. We saw it in the first episode when he goes and fights the crate dragon. Like he didn't have to mm-hmm. do that. He could have just taken the armor, but he realized if he got rid of the crate da- dragon, that was going to free that little town. And so that's just, that's just a theme that we keep seeing. And I've talked about it before, like he is the good guy. He's different than Han Solo, but it's that, that scene in Solo that I always think of when Kira's like, I know who you really are. And she says, you're the good guy. It's just like, yeah. that's that's Mando. Like when, when you take that armor off, like underneath that armor, he's he's just the good guy. Yeah, and I feel like the difference would be like Han is always, at least young Han, maybe both, but mostly young Han is always trying to be this like rebel who can be more heartless or just like kind of more cutthroat. But I don't think Mando wants even wants that. There's something about him. There's something about his compassion is so interesting. It's it's just very complex, you know? And I think I said this last week, but like the way that he keeps seeing that his, his kindness and his actions eventually help him is really interesting too. Like, you know, he does these good things and I don't, he doesn't do them in a, in a way of, expecting anything in return but he does always get in something back from them that's that's very interesting to me that's deep for sure (laughs) it's a good way to live your life it is that is that's how we that's how we all should uh should be living our life for sure so they take the mithril's little speeder to the base and Mm -hmm. this is where they pull up they can't get in so the mando being the badass that he is, takes off on his jetpack. We get the great gag again, and we got it in the first episode of the Jawa, you know, falling down after a while, but we get the gag of the stormtrooper coming over the edge. I also loved the little moment of when Mando first jets off and the Mithral just looks up like, what? 
Because <laughs> yeah. he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> that just, I love that. <laughs> the Mithril is so funny. I it was he was a much needed comedic relief to this episode because I, I agree. if they wouldn't have had him, there would have been not as many chances for that. But yeah, he was he was really funny and just mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I he's another character. It's like I, I hope he shows up every season at least in one episode, at least just, a little, yeah, just to be. Just to be funny and just so everyone else can dunk on him the whole time. Because, yeah. I agree. (laughs) So they go inside. They realize right away there's troopers, there's officers. Clearly it's not abandoned. They fight their way through to, like, the lava core, whatever you want to call it. They have to... Reactor. Yeah, the reactor shaft Mm -hmm. of... Yeah, anyways, there's a a big... (laughs) There's a big pot of lava. They have to drain the coolant. So basically this base, like blows up and this is another great mithril moment and you might know but i feel like this is a family guy or a robot chicken gag where they get out there and there's no railing on the thing and so the mithril is like i'm not going out there like there's no railing i I think it's robot (laughs) chicken or family guy where it's like come on like can you you know i'd take a i'd take less pay if you would just put a railing up here you know like this this is a job (laughs) hazard clearly i think that's i think that's i'm gonna have to i should have looked that up before but yeah you might be right i don't remember i've seen it before somewhere but yeah they have that gag and of course they make the mithral go and and like push all these buttons so he walks out there Mm -hmm. they get that done they all run back and they come across a couple officers at some computers and they're like, destroy it, destroy it, destroy it. So they're trying to destroy these computers. And purge the drives was the other thing that they said. Purge the yeah. drives. So they're they're trying to get rid of all evidence of what they've been doing. And then we get Dr. Pershing, the creepiest dude to ever be creepy. Like, he just creeps me out. I don't, I don't think he's me. creepy. I think he's nice, but I think that the that he's doing some creepy stuff. <laughs> you think he's nice. <laughs> I do because remember he like wanted to protect Baby Yoda, and he didn't want him to die. He did because he knew if he died, then he wouldn't be able to get more blood from him. So, well, that's very cynical of you. <laughs> that's 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 his. I see, and I and I talked to one of my friends earlier today. And it was a question of, is he being held against his will? Now, I don't think he is. I don't think he's being held against. I don't think this is a um, Galen Urso situation, you know, where he's like being forced to do this. I think he digs this stuff. And I think he's, I think he's creepy. That's just, that's my take. I don't know. But I, he, he, dude creeps me out big time. I don't know. I just think of when, when Mando came back to, to get the child back and Dr. Pershing was like, please don't hurt him. He's just a child. Yeah. That's in my head. Like, like I, that's not something that a, that a cold hearted snake would say. Cold hearted snake. Um, I don't think he's a snake. <laughs> no, I think he's nice, but I think that he, I do agree that I don't think he's being held against his will. I think maybe he doesn't agree with what they're doing, but I think he's willing to do it. Huh. Okay. Yeah, but I think maybe there's an element of fear in it, like he. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. There's there has to be when you're working for Moff Gideon. I think that's uh, you yeah. know guarantee that Moff Gideon's shown him that dark saber and what it can do plenty of times before. But yeah, so we we go into this area and and 
it's a lab and we see these vats of like failed clones and at this point i'm just like what are we going there like are we going we've talked about you know in our baby yoda episode we talked about the cloning aspect and all this stuff but it it's real now and then so we see all these and what did you think when you saw these creepy vats and then it it stayed on that one for a good amount of time and this is one of the times where i paused it and i just stood there and i just stared for like 30 seconds i'm like what are you what are you yeah so (laughs) so i was very surprised that we were going there although i i do feel like since last November, I felt like this was the, was it, was the thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, did, I don't know if I wanted it to be, but also it's like, well, what else would it be? You know? So as far as why they want baby Yoda, I was like, Oh, I feel like that's probably what it is. But I think that there's still more to it than we know. You know, because in your head, your first reaction, it not maybe not you, but I mean, in general, is probably like they want midichlorians because they're trying to bring Palpatine back to life. And it's like that simple. But I don't think it's that simple. I don't I don't know that I think it's that simple. I did think it was interesting. Well, I wanted to look up how long a fortnight was because Dr. Pershing says that they had promising effects for an entire fortnight yes and actually let me let me go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and play his whole speech because i feel like Ooh, everyone yeah. everyone needs to hear it again because it is <laughs> i've listened to it like 15 times and it still like blows my mind so i'm gonna Damn. go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and play it right now just so we can we can listen to that again replicated the results of the subsequent trials which also resulted in catastrophic failure There were promising effects for an entire fortnight, but then, sadly, the body rejected the blood. I highly doubt we'll find a donor with a higher M count, though. I recommend that we suspend all experimentation. I fear that the volunteer will meet the same regrettable fate if we proceed with the transfusion. Unfortunately, we have exhausted our initial supply of blood. The child is small, and I was only able to harvest a limited amount without killing him. Okay, so that is, yes, definitely the the creepiest 30 to 45 seconds, probably in Star... Like, that is... It's really creepy. And right, right before that whole speech to the Mandalorian, like, after they're looking around at all the things, he's just like, I don't like this. And that's that was me, too. I was like, right. Ah. And that was, yeah, I, I was very struck by him saying that too. Cause like that felt like a line that would have gone to one of the other three. So like for Mando to say that, I was like, man, I don't either. <laughs> I think at that moment he started thinking about the, even before Dr. Pershing's speech, I think he started like everything. The, the child is at the top of his mind right now. And I think that's the moment where he's like, I should get back there. But then they play this recording and mm-hmm. they're like, he's like, that had to be a while ago because Moff Gideon's dead. And Mithril's like, no, like that was three days ago. And so, Jeez. yeah, that just, and, and the music in this scene is so good too. It's so creepy. But yeah, there's, there's so much in this speech 
yeah, he says there were promising effects for an entire fortnight, but then sadly, mm -hmm. the body rejected the blood. So he took blood from Baby Yoda. Right. And put it into this body that we see, pro most likely the one that we see. It rejected mm -hmm. it. And then he says, I highly doubt we'll find a donor with a higher M count. That's the moment you you died, right? I did. I mean, look, it was like because because you know that that's what they're talking about, but for for them to bring up midichlorians in something after 2004 <laughs> is like really just like very intense. Like did they even ever mention them in any of the animation? I don't think so. I don't think at I don't all. think so. I think it was only the Phantom Menace. I don't even think it was in Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith at all. I think it was just the Phantom Menace. And I've never... The, the midichlorians are very polarizing for, sure. for the fandom. And I get that. I've never cared. Me either. It's me. And so when they brought that up, I was like, oh, prequels, yes. Like, let's do exactly. like, Let's get weak. <laughs> like, let's let's dig into, you know, the midichlorian. Yeah, when he said MCAL, it was just... That was the Leo DiCaprio meme, me pointing at the, t the TV, like, yes, I, like, <laughs> I know that. I know what he's talking about. I know what M Seriously. It was so good. It was. Another thing that Dr. Pershing says in his whole speech is, I fear that the volunteer will meet the same reg regrettable fate if we proceed with the transfusion. Yeah, the volunteer is weird. <laughs> That's very phrasing. Very weird. Like, is there is there an actual vault? I mean, if he's worried that whatever this is will meet the same fate as the failed clone, then it's obviously someone of importance. I would. Imagine. Is it a? But like the my question is, was that? Well, I guess it's it's not so a, hard to yeah. Not a Go. clone, I guess maybe. I mean, because, well, it's like, it's so hard to say because it's like, was that message even attached to what was in the vats? Because like, I, I said that I, I told you about this, I think before, or maybe I didn't, I don't remember, but Star Wars Explained is one of my favorite uh, creators. And Alex had uh, an interesting thing that he said in his video breakdown today, which was maybe he said that he doesn't think it's it's the clone thing. He said maybe that um, Gideon is trying to become force sensitive, and that the blood the blood is going to be in transfused into him. And apparently, they did that in Legends, and it never worked or something. And he said he said that that's not how the force works. So, but. Um, so my thought was maybe they're like trying it out on living people to see if it takes with any of them. And then, cause maybe that's something that Gideon wants for himself, which is interesting. That's an, just an interesting way to look at it. It could be that other route of like, they're trying to put the stuff in the clone things and see what happens. But I don't know. I feel yeah, like there's I, like a couple ways it could go. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I guess I, there's nothing in there that says anything about clones. So I, that was just in my head, but. Oh, it's in yeah, mine too. Just, I mean, Camino. There's, just, there's the, exactly. There's just this weird deformed body 
in a vat. <laughs> and it reminded me of Snoke, obviously, pickled Snokes. But <laughs> it yeah, it's is that the failed one that they tried, you know, with the original blood to see if it would work. But yeah, he basically says like we're out of if we're gonna continue, we only have, you know, one batch left and we don't want to waste it on this other volunteer if it's gonna die like this. So we need to get access to the donor again. I just had a thought, but I think I'm gonna save it for the speculation corner at the end. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting very speculative here because yeah, it's I don't know. It Dr. Pershing, super super duper creepy and yeah the the m count thing was was a big moment for me i i love that and the whole time you know right after he's done with his little speech that's when everything clicks even more for mando and the, the music gets super super intense at this point and then mm-hmm. Mandal- mandalorian's like i gotta go get the child like he's he's devastated at that point and he's just scared and you don't really see that either he's just like no like see ya and he jets back mm-hmm. to the school leaves the other three there on the base to to get out on their own and so they take off they have a really cool action scene where they take this i can't remember what he called it a marauder Is it a troop transport or something yeah that's kind of what it looks like yeah and so they take that off and a couple biker scouts follow them they get rid of them and then you think they're in the clear. And then all of a sudden these tie fighters come out of nowhere seemingly. And it shows them like taking off and everything. When you saw the tie fighters, like what was going through your head? I mean, even before that, I thought those bike scouts looked dope. Like I just thought that looked awesome. And those guys were like not playing around. They were moving. Like they were good. It looked good. Like it just, yeah, it was obviously all, computer generated and it just that was like i wrote that down during my first watch this morning i was like that looks good like that looks very good and um and yeah then the tie fighters it was like i think my honestly you know honestly my thought was there's no way that they're gonna be able to take out those tie fighters with that little piece of junk and mando's gonna come save them i honestly that was my first thought was like Mando's gonna come in and take him out so or somebody is I didn't know who but I was like somebody's gonna come in and back him up right away and and yeah I guess we should talk about that biker scout because when or the biker scouts because when grief carga was on the guns like man in the guns or whatever like that was so millennium falcon gunner position but other ship and he was he was just moving around and everything it felt a lot like that but once they got in the clear, I was like, oh, okay, like they're going to get back to town. And then I saw the TIE fighters. And like at that moment, like when I saw them coming in my head, I was like, oh my God, I, I legitimately thought that there was a chance that they could get taken out. Like that those three could like, because we haven't wow. seen any more footage of them. It, it would be a very big blow to the Mandalorian, to Navarro, to everything. But like it had that feel, I, I feel like I've, I've felt that in in movies before where you get mm. out, you know, and it's like side side characters, they get out, they're in the clear, it's like, ah, oh, okay, everything's okay. And then it's like, oh no, like, no, it's not. And they come out. I was glad for the most part that they um survived that. But when the Mandalorian came out of nowhere, like, oof, that hero moment from Mandalorian and like when he comes over the top of the ship, takes him out, oh, it was just it was so good. 
It was. And once again, the music during that part was killer. It was. It the the whole I don't know, that's like that moment, that's what you live for. Like in you know, like, <laughs> that's sure. that's that's what you want your heroes to do is show up and save the day. He so comes crazy. in, gets rid of these ships, and then he has that awesome move where he's all the way up in the sky, super high, turns off the engines and just like is in a free fall. And then yeah. he turns on the engines again. Baby Yoda is just in the back, having the time of his life, hands so up, cute. like he's on a roller coaster. And then they start spinning, and just the whole the whole sequence was was so fun to see Baby Yoda because like that'd be me in the Razor Crest, you know? Oh yeah, that that would totally be me, just hands up, ready to go. It was so cute. Like the the hands up part was like, oh my god, and just the. Uh, the spinning was also really cool because you know who do we think of when we see that you know and it was just really it was a uh, it was cool to see somebody else use the trick you know yes yeah, Star Wars spinning between Anakin and yeah later in his life as Darth Vader even Kylo, Kylo Ren, we get a yeah. lot, <laughs> get a lot of a lot of good spinning shots but yeah the and then the spinning had had a not so great effect. <laughs> on the child because he saves the, he saves the day and the Mandalorian has a great line where he's like, he's like, not too bad, huh kid? That's such a cool line. Like that's put on the shades right after you say that. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> huh kid? <laughs> I'm sure you'll be using that line at some point too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He like totally wants to impress the child. Like, did you see all those cool moves I just did? Like, <laughs> Was that not the most badass thing you've ever seen? And then the child's look at him has already eaten his other, how many cookies does he have, you know, but, and then he spits up because of all the spinning and everything. It's just such, just the timing of it was so great. It's relatable. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was a, that was a great sequence. And then the Mandalorian's like, I got to take off. Like I got something to do. He he takes off, doesn't even go back to say bye or anything. Mm -hmm. Grief Karga tries to, you know, buy him a drink. He's like, nope taking off i'm going to corvus going to find this ahsoka tano um, well, i don't think he said Jedi that but we person that. <laughs> yeah in my head he did i just i just want them to keep saying her name because it's it's cool to hear but yeah so so then it goes back to grief and they are back on the planet and the new republic shows up so we see mm-hmm. two x-wings parked yeah. outside the entrance which was really cool very cool yeah, and I'm happy that we saw uh, that X-wing pilot again. He's Carson super Carson cool. Teva, I think is yeah Carson yeah. Teva, Captain Carson Teva. Yeah, he is. He. I'm, I hope we get more. I hope he's like the New Republic guy we see. And I loved Grief's interaction with him, where Grief was just like. I don't know, dude, let's figure it out. Like, you know, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 not he's not gonna give up any information. And even when Captain Teva was like, So you said here about the Razor Crest, and he's like, I didn't say anything about the Razor Crest. They're like, Well, it's in your <laughs> it's in your uh, log and he's like, Oh, the computer's on you know, wouldn't be able to recognize anything pre Empire or whatever it was because the Razor yeah. Crest is so old and he's like, Nope, I'm not not telling you anything. Oh, uh, good. but yeah, that was it was a good interaction and grief. He's he's uh, he's not going to give up anything. For so sure. then we get all of this. We get all that information with Doctor Pershing. We get the cool hero moment from the Mandalorian. He takes off. You think everything's all right, and then we go. And there's this 
great shot of what's kind of a star destroyer. I don't think I've seen a star destroyer, and I'm I'm sure people know exactly what type of ship that is. Oh, when of course it was built, they do. But I I don't. I know it doesn't look like a normal star destroyer. I'm sure. No, it's, it doesn't a newer class or an older class or a modified one or something, but you can tell it's, it's an empire ship. You know, it looks like mm-hmm. that, that opening shot from a new hope of, you know, the star destroyer going through space. Like it has that vibe. And then we get that really cool empire officer who she is just, she's, she's so empire. And so no holds barred. Like, we're, like we're doing yeah. this. She was, she, yeah, was she, just, re- she reminded me a lot of, uh, um, of like an empire character in animation. Cause I feel like when you see the characters in the, the, the first order guys or not the first order, sorry, pardon me. Not yet. The empire guys that we saw last episode in the, sh- in the ship that the guy had to take out and all of them, those guys were like super skittish and unsettled. And this gal was like, she was not nervous at all. She was just like, got the information and ready to share it, you know? She really, she wasn't on the same level, but from Star Wars Resistance, uh, mm. kind of like, like doesn't really look like her, but Agent Tierney, like it's yeah. that very straightforward, yeah, just there to get the job done, like no BS. Totally. And then did it freak you out when she said, what did she say up to the, so the source comes on the hologram and tells her that the tracking device has been placed on the Razor Crest and then she says, this will serve you well in the new era or something. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was, just, that was okay. really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's like, I feel like every time they say something that it's not even like, cause obviously we don't know what they're going to say, but like something that's kind of unfamiliar, like, uh, like long live the empire just felt unfamiliar last week. And then I feel like, this will will serve you well in the new era. It's very yeah. odd. No, that yeah. was that was chilling. Like <laughs> like last year or last week with Long Live the Empire, it was very chilling. Yeah, you'll be rewarded really well in the new era. It's like new era that it like rang through my head like For constantly. Real. Like new era, like wow, that's that's where they're going. And then it gets even even weirder because then she goes straight to Moff Gideon and mm-hmm. he's there. Like he's on, that's his ship. And he's there in the flesh and he asks, does he still have the asset? And she's like, yeah, our source confirmed that he does. And then he says, then we'll, we will be ready after they're, you know, we, after we find out that they're tracking the Mandalorian. Moff Gideon. tracking beacon has been installed on the razor crest does he still have the asset yes our source confirmed it and we will be ready and then it goes through that hallway and it looks like the first time i saw it i was like what are those things because it, both both walls are just lined with what looked like, and it was another, I had to pause it and like just stare at it for like mm-hmm. a minute. But it looks like a bunch of Darth Vader's, like modified Darth Vader looking suit 
things. I don't think yeah. that's exact. I mean, it's just that vibe kind of. I mean, my first thought was Death Troopers, honestly, too, because it, it was they were all black and they had like that tube situation. So it looked kind of Death Troopery, but then it was like, no, nah, that's not quite that, you know? Yeah, and and so the more I like read about it and stuff, there is, and this is going back to um, some video games, and I want to mm-hmm. say, and I don't know, I think it's maybe in the first couple Battlefronts, like in the early 2000s, and some computer Star Wars games called Dark Troopers. And if you look mm-hmm. up Dark Troopers on Wikipedia, looks exactly like they're called the Phase 3 Dark Troopers. And basically they're droids with exoskeletons, and it's like, wh- what? Is this his new army? Like, is, it, it, or is this just, like armor that they're waiting for i i don't know it, well it because was, it was the, very... we because people quickly discovered that the symbol on the on the uniform that the guy who was like checking them out is the imperial department of military research symbol which is unsettling also <laughs> But it's yeah. like that that symbol that the guy had on his jumpsuit was the Imperial Department of Military Research. So <laughs> Yeah, that was that was definitely it was another creepy, you're right, unsettling, great word. Mm-hmm. I just it was very ominous. It it For tells real? you, I think, like, are those operational? Are those ready to go? Like, is he gonna go to Corvus and track down Mando and like have this army of these troopers that are, that are droids. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's creepy. That's, that's, I think that's the underlying word for the empire stuff in this, this. Yeah. Episode. It's just cause it's like, cause do we know this might be like a stupid question or a weird way to phrase it, but is this the empire? Do you know what I mean? Like, or is it just some some crazies that are still hanging out and this is like the the it's not even the beginning of the first order it's just some like random offshoot of madness from Gideon you know what i mean moth madness yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure i that's i mean that's a good question because it feels like it's remnants of the empire, but you're right. Like they're not doing things. And obviously they don't have an emperor at this point. So yeah, there is no empire. So it's like they're, they're Imperial, but they're not like, you know, but who do they really is? I don't is know. Moff Gideon and like, and that's like how high up on the food chain is he? Like, obviously he's got to be pretty far up there. Like, is he running True. the show? You know, like, is this his, obviously it's his, it's his plans for his new era because mm-hmm. you've got the folks from last episode saying long live the empire, and like killing themselves for him, you know? So mm-hmm. obviously he's, he's pretty powerful, but right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's exciting a lot though. Is the perfect <laughs> way to put it. It's a lot. It's exciting though. Cause we're getting some answers. We're getting more Moff Gideon. We are, you know, you can, it you know coming and John Favreau did say in some interviews after season one that you're going to start seeing some of the seeds of the first order being laid so I don't know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways this could go I guess we should mm-hmm. just go ahead and slide into spec 
right now because slipping slipping into it anyways before we get into that moff gideon empire type first order stuff Mm -hmm. next episode our we're going to Corvus. Like we're pretty sure we're going to Corvus next. Like he's not going to make another detour, right? I this don't is... think not unless there was an incident. Yeah. Right. So next episode, we are more than likely getting Ahsoka Tano. I just don't. I don't even know. I mean, well, because we know that Dave Filoni is directing and right? writing and writing, and I heard the title. Yes, I did too. Here, uh, here you go. So, if you don't want to hear the title for next week's episode, I'm sure you probably seen because it it's it's out there. It I it hit my timeline. No spoilers or whatever. If you don't want to hear the title for next week, skip ahead. Like, do the little thing. You know, for 15 seconds. 15 or seconds, seconds. Yeah. But yes, on Friday it is the Jedi, written and directed by Dave Filoni. Is that confirmed? Is that title confirmed, or is that some goofballs saying it? It's been put out there from the same folks who have got the last couple, right? So it seems pretty legit. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, not impressed with those folks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, dude, chill you out. Get like, your clicks, buddy. Yeah. I, I hope <laughs> I, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I hope that the next four episodes, though, nothing leaks from them early the titles okay whatever you know i can normally handle the titles but i don't want anything to leak and i doubt they will you know I, this stuff was filmed and put together months ago i so, want them to last minute change the title to like the pastrami sandwich or something like to like change it last minute just yeah to, so then they'll be like them. oh we were wrong and then everybody will sorry i have like a spoiler problem it just makes me sad yeah anyway yeah, I, I I get it though. I get it. I get it. There's there's not, a, not my scene. It's not either. I don't click on the articles. The only spoilers I actually see are in the actual tweet or in the actual post or whatever when sure. people don't tag them with anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I support your right to seek spoilers. It's just not it's not how I roll. But anyway, so we know yes that that is most likely happening next week. I don't know how to unpack that. It's incredibly intense. So if I can get a little weird with speculation, and I know that I mentioned this to you in my madness this past week, but last week I was on the hype train big time and after the episode and I was just Googling like the word Corvus to see if it meant anything. And eventually I did see that a lot of people were saying that it means crow or raven or it's a genus of crows or whatever. And crows are kind of like a bad omen. But then I didn't even see anyone say this before I saw it on Wikipedia that I was just looking at like the different places that Corvus was in, had pages for. And there was one for Battlefront 2. Apparently that was a, the name of a ship in Battlefront 2 that was like Inferno Squad's flagship, which like, I don't know anything about video games, but I thought that was really interesting. And then I saw one article where somebody was saying like maybe Bo Katan is trying to trick him, but I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know if that's anything. Um, I do think it's interesting, but I, I, and I think the crow thing is, is it more interesting than anything, especially because of birds and you know, that whole thing. So that was definitely 
weird. But like, as far as next week, it's like I have no clue. What like what do you th- what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. And then because here's my okay. So then I'm and then I'll stop because because okay. So the the title is that. But do we know that it's Ahsoka that we're meant that we're talking about? Does it have to be her? Could it be somebody else and it's kind of a fake out? Or is it just going to be that straightforward the same way the, the Boba Fett reveal was earlier this season where it was like, no, it's really just him, you know, like, or is it going to be like, you know, the way Bo-Katan said it, like, well, you got to go find Ahsoka. It's like, and she said it like it was nothing. Like, is it really just going to be that simple or is it going to be somebody else? Is it going to be somebody we don't know? I don't know. If... Or is it plural? Let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, like we talked about with The Last Jedi, yeah. <laughs> if we didn't know who was writing and directing the next episode, then I would probably have, no, like, I wouldn't feel very confident in anything. But since we do, I think it. I, they have been, like, super straightforward with stuff. Or it's like, yep, that's, that's Cobb Vanth. Like, the, it's been speculated upon. He's got Boba Fett's armor. Boba Fett's in there at the end. Then, like, two episodes later, it's like, yep, that's Bo-Katan. And she's telling me to go see Ahsoka Tana. So it's like, it feels like the big reveals aren't, like, they're big. And, like, to, especially, like, people who have watched The Clone Wars and all this stuff, like, it's huge. To the general audience, it's not that big of like it makes more sense to be like yeah go find ahsoka tano on corvus like why leave that as a mystery you know so i do think that the fact that corvus is like a crow or like a bad omen you know or it has ties to that i think that makes a lot of sense because i do think before we get to the end of the season Mm -hmm. that they're gonna get the child somehow moff gideon is gonna get the child and now we know at least they are not going to kill the child. Mm-hmm. They are going to try to, you know, slowly take his blood or whatever. And they're going to have to stretch that out. So it's not a, something where they're going to get him and take some blood and be done with him. Like they want to keep him and preserve right. him too. So I do think whether that's next episode or maybe next episode leaves off on a cliffhanger of they're in the middle of a fight or something. But I do think next episode we get Ahsoka, we get that meeting up. And then I think that Moff Gideon and his dark troopers or whatever you want to call them show up shortly after and some things go down. Cause well, you know what I was just, what I was thinking when we were talking about good old Pershing was, um, and this is what I wrote down they're looking for a high blood count, a high M count in the blood. Guess who else would have a high M count in the blood? Yeah. Ahsoka. So yeah. maybe that becomes a thing. It makes me think that we're heading towards a season finale of a big battle that Gideon gets the child, right? In the next couple episodes. And then that's when the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, everybody has to team up. And 
where Boba Fett fits in on this, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I don't like, know. Like, I, I feel like it could just the season could end, and the very last scene is just like Boba is just chilling again, <laughs> just like yeah, like shows him from the side. It's just random. But honestly, like, what could that? Po- how could they pot? I don't know. Because, How could they possibly bring him back in? Like, we're yeah. not going back to Tatooine again. Unless he I, goes to get Cobb. That's, he. he's going to need some help. And I, I think that it's leading to that because I don't, and I'm sure they'll do it really well. Coming into the season, I wouldn't have been like, I would have been like, okay, Bo-Katan's one and done. Like, she's going to come in yeah. one episode, she's done. Ahsoka, she'll, you know, give him some knowledge and leave. No, like, Moff Gideon's got the dark saber. Bo-Katan is trying to take the Darksaber. Right. Moff Gideon's trying to take over the galaxy and right. the child and the Mandalorian's but trying we to... we don't know that he's trying to take over the galaxy. I am... Moff Gideon, I think... I, I mean, what else would I mean, I guess be? that's implied, yeah. Yeah. Well, because here's we the don't... other thing. Herzog, both Herzog and the clip... Not Herzog, the client, I guess... And and Moff Gideon in the clips that they have sh- that they've shown in like the previously on the Mandalorian, you know, and then like and the both times that they talk about the child, the way that they talk about him is very strange. Like the he, I'll never get over. He means more to me than you will ever know. To me, I'm like if he was just trying to get him to like take his blood and give it to Palpatine. I don't think you would say he means more to me than you will ever know. And then didn't, and the client said something really similar. He said like, this is very important to me. Like it was personal and that's just, that's weird. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Everything, (laughs) everything about them is creepy and weird. And until we get that definite, what are you doing with it? Like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be weird, but I, it could be so many, I mean, whatever these trooper things that he had in his hallway, get in at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. is he going to put bodies in there? Or are they just droids? Right. Are they, is, is he trying to create a, another clone army as well? On t- like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's, there's so many, there's so many, or is he trying to, make an army of inquisitors, you know, or, you know, you wouldn't even have to call them inquisitors, but force sensitive beings that he could be in control of. But yeah, I do like the theory that he wants to become force sensitive. I think that's, that was very right. That was very interesting. That makes more sense than trying to create a clone or create life or whatever, because they're talking about a transfusion. You wouldn't talk about a trans, like transfusion. If you're just trying to create something, but you're trying to give them some of those M's. I'm just going to start calling medical those, those big M's. Man. Those sweet, yeah, sweet no, M's. I, <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. It's really, really weird. It's all weird. And then like just the idea that there are four episodes left and we said this earlier and we haven't seen a frame of it. I'm I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it makes you anxious, kind of. Honestly, going into the other ones, like you at least kind of know that, but like we don't know anything. And I'm I'm so excited to see a city on a forest planet because I am too. Like, that's really exciting to me. And all this, you know, another thing that we haven't really talked about is, and we we did talk about it last week, but the New Republic, you know, where do they fit in? Because 
they're saying, you know, Hey, we can't do this on our own. Like we need local support Mm -hmm. and what's more local than the Mandalorian helping them out. And we know that whatever, whatever Moff Gideon is building towards, unless he's truly building towards Starkiller base or whatever, which I don't think he is, whatever he's building towards, like the end of the Mandalorian, he's, he can't win. He's not going to, you know what I mean? Like his plan is going to be, is going to be snuffed out, but it's got to be big enough to make an impact too, if that makes sense. So he's, I mean, he's, he's building something big. He's trying to do something big. The Mandalorian's going to end in the, in or going to win in the end. So I don't know. And it is tricky because in the tradition of rogue one, like technically none of these people need to continue, including Bo-Katan and Ahsoka it's implied in the Rise of Skywalker that Ahsoka is probably dead, but also Dave Filoni, Sol- like he yeah. said some stuff where it's like, yeah, you don't, you know, don't look too far into that. Like she could be, mm-hmm. you know, it, the excuse is always world between worlds. Like, yeah, she's world between worlds. That's how she's sure. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, what just freaked me out also that I was just thinking of, and this isn't really speculation. It's more just like, dear God help. But all those kids in that classroom were probably like pretty close to Ben Solo's age. They were for sure. Well, they, yeah, probably maybe a little older. Cause I think a little older, point, I think, cause I think at this point, Ben Solo would be like five or six. Okay. Because I think that's how long we are after the return of the Jedi. And I think that's right. About- so yeah, four or five probably. And those kids were probably eight, 10, eight yeah. Yeah. Anakin's age, maybe, you know, mm. um, I, I thought about that earlier. Like he's, he's out there. This is the same galaxy. He's, he's out there somewhere. And yeah, I did love that. The little girl had Ray buns. Yeah, like that was a nice little shout out to Ray that she had those buns. I was yeah, I liked it. very heartwarming. I agree. Is there anything else that we need to speculate on right now? I, I think I don't think we're going to make any more <laughs> inroads on anything. I think we're just going to keep asking questions. But I just, yeah, I got nothing. I it it's it keeps it's just at at this point it's like what are the things that are sticking with me? And I feel like the things that are sticking with me are how personally the client and Moff Gideon address the issue of baby Yoda, not that it's like, it's important to the cause or it's important to my wallet or it's important to my, the person above me, you know, like I'm not trying. It's like, this is very important to me. That's weird. Do you agree? Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's, it is very weird that that sticks out the, the new era, the new era sticks out and is weird. That really stuck out. And then the fact that Gideon's has the Darksaber still. And that's a that's a thing that's gonna come into play, whether he's fighting someone else with that, if he's fighting Ahsoka with that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get used. Like we know it's gonna get used. And we know that Bo Katan is still there and she's gonna be after that because she's trying to take over Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother uh, there's there's a lot, you know, we have New Republic and then we have Mandalore and then we have 
this new era with Moff Gideon. And then we have the Mandalorian who's trying to find, you know, what his purpose is. And he's trying to, he's obviously trying to find the child's mm-hmm. people, you know, Jedi, but is, is yeah. that really what he's going to be looking, you know, once he finds her, is he going to realize, okay, this isn't actually what I'm looking for. Cause we still have his whole storyline of, this is the way like, no, it's no, it's not. You're in a cult, man. Like it's, it's not the way <laughs> Like, get over it, you know? And even I loved in this episode too, we didn't talk about it, but I love that he says, you know, grief card is like, Oh, we're just going to stick him here. He's like, no, 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 wherever I go here, he goes. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, we know you said that that's your catchphrase. We get it, but yeah. he's staying here. <laughs> like, chill it did out. sound like he like pressed a button on his Mandalorian toy that said that, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> definitely i like it though but um yeah and and is it just is it just ahsoka there that's true because the last time we saw her was with sabine is she hermit is she solo is she yeah why is she living in a city you know is she like underground um maybe the martez sisters are there Hmm? i don't know (laughs) i mean hey at this point yeah. Uh, nothing would surprise me. And then what? Oh, I was gonna ask. Uh, did you want to talk about your your speculation, or is it one of those things where if we speak it into existence, <laughs> it's like... not gonna happen? We could we could talk about this. We could talk about this. <laughs> so, and we, me and you have talked about this, but this has been my weird like wild card for a long time. But Yunus Soatamo, who plays. Chewie mm-hmm. in, in the new movies and in Solo has been all about the Mandalorian for a long time like all about and like almost to a point where I thought this was a few months ago and I think I just threw it out there I was like that's my wild card pick for uh you know for a classic character to show up because I feel like they could pull off Chewie it'd be hard to do a Han Solo or a Luke Skywalker yeah. you know like that's you probably don't touch those characters but Chewie would definitely be a character that you could just, you know, whether you're going to a different planet, I don't know. It's a, it's a city on a forest planet. So maybe he's hanging out on Corvus. I don't think it's going to happen soon, but he's, he's been weirdly, he's been weirdly linking himself to the Mandalorian for a while now. He's been very active. I will say every time he like tweets anything, you always send it to me. Like this is it. And <laughs> but Pedro Pascal follows him and i want to say ming na wen also follows him so yeah there's there's some connections there and he always comments on like i saw even today he did commented on like everybody posting about the new episodes and he has like a youtube series where he talks about the episodes and it's like well is he just bored or is and honestly i I mainly want it to happen just because you freak <laughs> out. But I want this to be a record that this has been your theory for like months now, like That's before true. the show even started. So if it does happen, then full credit goes to you. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be twenty thirty, and we are in season eleven of The Mandalorian, and Chewie finally shows up, hey. and I will be like, yes, <laughs> I called that. I knew it was happening. <laughs> so yeah i would i would be very happy if we uh if we got a chewy ca- cameo at some point i think it would be fun honestly you know why not yeah, why not seriously yeah i agree i agree 
I'd take some Anthony Daniels in there too, just because I like when like him and, and Warwick Davis are like the two that have been in everything, you know? And yeah. Like, well, I kind of want them in there too, you know? <laughs> Why not? Eventually, eventually that's, that's gotta happen. Yeah. Cause we're getting all these animated characters now. Right. But we're, right. we still aren't, we haven't got really any movie live action characters. So, and that's okay. That's, that's a hundred percent. Okay. But Definitely. eventually, but if it was going to be happen. anybody, yeah, I'd take, I think I'd take Chewie. Chewie's the one. Yeah, definitely. Whew. Oh, that's a lot. All right. It's all a lot. <laughs> it is. So I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode. All about the Mandalorian chapter 12, the siege. And it was a lot. Hopefully we broke it down well for you and weren't, weren't going off the rails too much but yeah we uh next four weeks are gonna get intense and i don't think any of us are prepared for what we're about to be dealing with because it's it's gonna get intense and yeah we don't know we don't know what's where this is going so very exciting times kara can you tell the folks where to find you and what you got going on Yes. So as usual, as per usual, I am really only on Instagram. So my Instagram name is sacred something by Kara, Kara with a K. Um, and right now I'm just, uh, my holiday shops are all open. I have lots of collage prints, limited edition prints, prints on sale, and as well as zine bundles for the 2019 issues, the 2020 issues. And uh, subscriptions for 2021 for a full year or half year. And lots of cool stuff is going to come up. And the December issue is in action. So that will be revealed, you know, towards the end of next week. And then it'll go into press the following week. And then it'll be the end of the year. So, yeah, you know, lots of good stuff. I think I might drop three new prints on Small Business Saturday because why not? Um, so yeah, lots of cool stuff. Follow me over there and that's it. Definitely follow Kara on Instagram, check out her holiday shop, check out those new prints that are coming soon and get a subscription to the zine. It's the best thing ever that comes in the mail every month and you will not be disappointed. So yeah, definitely get signed up for that. We'll put all that info in the show notes. You can find the show on Twitter at Force Time Pod. You can find find us on Instagram at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Very exciting whenever we get one of those. So please do that and we will read it on the show. And until next time, may the Force be with you. Thank you.